Hello? Does this thing work? This is the Peak Boredom Podcast. Three, two, one. Hi guys, welcome to the Peak Boredom Podcast. <laughs> Today we have Izzy and Jovita. What's up? What's good? Today we're going to talk about international student experience. It's just because we are all some form of international students and I think this is a very important topic especially what's happening right now with COVID and how we're all online and we don't know what's going to happen. First, we should probably preface. So, I'm Indonesian but I am currently in the UK and Joe, where are you at? Where are you from? I'm from Indonesia as well, currently in California, NorCal. Uh, I am Brazilian. I'm. I think I'm the only one that's not in here. But sorry, all good. All good. I'm Brazilian, and I also live in NorCal. So I'm also Indonesian. Sorry, <laughs> it's so unproportionate. It's okay. It's okay. And I currently study in Canada, Toronto. So our time zone is the same with New York. Just to see our different time zones right now oh nice that's light that's light <laughs> it's sunset <laughs> and i think it's interesting how we are international students but most of our experience are quite the same mm-hmm. that's true mm-hmm. well let's start with like when we first moved uh what was your experience like moving to a different continent essentially Yeah, I feel like, so I lived in the U.S. when I was little from 2 to 10 and then I moved back to Brazil and when I was in high school and I was 16, I was like, I want to go back. So when I came back, I came back to something familiar, like it wasn't too like, oh, I've never experienced this before, but I lived in a different part. So I grew up in Florida and when I moved back, I moved back in Pennsylvania to Pennsylvania. And it's like the country, like farm, like yeehaw, American. <laughs> and that was definitely a culture shock, not language wise, but like the culture of hunting and fishing, growing crops, and like not having a mall close by, like all these things. So at 16, it's and by yourself, like without your parents or anyone that you're like familiar with living in these in this new house that like they're your parents but like not your parents you know yeah. it, it it can be weird but I had a good experience I had a, a pretty good experience and it definitely made me grow up faster at 16 so yeah what about it's, you it's so I went from Jakarta if you guys don't know Jakarta is like the capital of Indonesia towering towers like really tall like very city like city like you know and then i moved to texas i've never been in texas before every time i visited it would either be like new york or like la it's like city places you know so never been to texas here i was like coming in i'm like ooh. i walk out and i'm like that's it (laughs) yep (laughs) okay Okay, so it was very different because, you know, I went from the urban jungle to just flatlands and people hunting and like taxidermy and like all these things that I'm not used to. But, you know, just like being there has definitely like humbled me 
Oh, it humbled me because I went from like hustle culture to like let's let's walk outside and watch the sunset. You know, <laughs> I've definitely learned how to grow up because in Jakarta it was very much like work, 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 work. But like yeah. being in Texas, I'm like I get to be 16 and I get to grow up in a very different place from what I'm used to. But like、mm-hmm. it was definitely a good slowing down of life. You know. Yeah. You know what's weird? I actually have the same experience with the UK because I think people glamorize life in the UK so much. They're like, oh, Big Ben, Queen, really posh area. Everything is like upper class. And then I arrived in Manchester. Right. The thing is,、um, Manchester's in the north of the UK,、mm-hmm. and the northern. So if you watch Game of Thrones, the, the <laughs> Stark family, it's a good accent comparison. The Stark family have. A more generic, like Northern British accent. They're like the people, like they're the real British people. Oh, it's it's definitely a strange prejudice thing that British people have within their own culture that I've observed. That England's divided into three different regions:、mm-hmm. the north, the south, and the middle. The north is like where people think, like, oh, that's where all the cool people are. That's where all the real British people are. Oh, south is where everyone is like posh, wears tight pants, play polo all day, golf. Those tight pants. That's how you know. <laughs> Drinking tea all the time. But when you step out, you're just like, this is it. This is what people <laughs> have been glamorizing on the internet for so long with like. Really high class culture. No, no one's high class there. Everyone wears hoodies, goes out in jeans and stuff like that. That's so interesting because I sort of have like that like mentality of the UK and like British people. They're like pinkies up and like ho、oh, ho ho, like oh. No, no like I mean, some、um, yes. the people imagine London is like that. Yeah.、So、if you grow up in Jakarta, where it's metropolitan skyscrapers, and you get used to Singapore as well, where it's all skyscrapers, highly modern, and stuff like that, my friend was so disappointed coming to the UK for her medical school interview because she was like, "This is it. All the buildings <laughs> are so short." <laughs> yes. Yes. They go. They go wide rather than up. No, they're just older. Um, oh. It's an interesting comparison because I've been to the U.S. before, so I did a summer program in UC Berkeley. So that works. Ber- <laughs> and it's so different from what I thought it would be.、Um, <laughs> the weather. <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> what are your guys' thoughts on San Fran? Well,、um, we have Carl the Fog, which is great. We、yes. love Carl. Um, but oh my gosh! Like when you say when you talk about Berkeley, like Berkeley in general as a city. When you say、good. when I when you say Berkeley, I'm like all the students like going crazy every depressed, single night. Depressed, not happy. No,、uh-huh. everything is overpriced. A slice、uh-huh. of pizza is like five dollars, and I'm like, you don't need to be this pricey. The like, homeless everywhere.、Okay. <laughs> it's 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 a vibe. It's funny because like when you live in an area, right? Any people talk about another area in your area. <laughs> yeah. You have a different idea versus like when you know you're at home and you're definitely yeah. Very different. It definitely takes a while for you to like get with it. You know.、Mm-hmm. Scared me. So I was in a summer program. So there were so many international and like American students as well. Um, one night we were all like hanging out and we heard something explode. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like Berkeley. <laughs> America. <laughs> that is nowhere near. That story could have gone anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and it went there. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. That's intense. I, I can see feathers here. everywhere. Yeah. We didn't like, see rotisserie. <laughs> we didn't see anything the next morning. That was the surprising part. So to this day, no one knows for sure what that loud bang was. It was a cover-up. <laughs> the CIA. Cover up. CIA. Oh, oh, they fell off the train and didn't oh. want to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, a bomb? No, 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 it's just an owl. Just, just, it's an, just owl. an owl. You know, it's really him. Like, he tripped really hard into a garbage bin. Like, it was like a whole thing. No, it's an owl. I think it's funny. We're, we talk about perception of, like, coming as an international student to, like, another country. I, I definitely thought Canada was, like, the you know the land of immigrants everything is great everyone's like whoa i love you <laughs> and stuff like that i mean to a certain yeah. extent people are really nice here but um i'm learning planning so i know a lot of the systems that are not yeah. true and uh i think moving in <laughs> i was excited because i you know i see a yellow school bus and i'm like oh my god i'm in a movie now <laughs> <laughs> and i think toronto is toronto is kind of similar to america i guess where it's kind of a bit more rough but um i lived in mississauga for my undergrad which is i guess like the suburbs so it's yeah. more quiet and like nice buses coming in <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh also our campus is like in the forest because it was on a, a campus where they had um what's that thing you do where like in this SCSI movie where you like search for dead bodies oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> what forensics so they have a forensic program oh, oh they got a forest because awesome. there's a lot of people who die there like what no, 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 no. <laughs> In their last year, I think they have like a class where they, it's not a real dead body, but they have a dead body, a dead body that like lies around and you have to search for it, something like that. That's a lot of hurt. That's so cool. That is so cool. That was so very intense. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So we have that program in our campus, so that's why it's near a forest. So everything's more like quiet suburbs. And it really reminded me of, so when I was younger, I also lived in Germany for a while. It didn't shock me, but it kind of shocked me a bit um, when they see me and they're like, "Oh my God, you speak English?" And I'm like, "Yeah." So, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <What's> <laughs> <your> point? <laughs> oh man, is it true that a lot of people speak French in the Toronto area and like that side of like Canada? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a dual, I guess, dual country. So a lot of people do speak French. Even if you want to like immigrate as a PR, if you speak French, there's like more points. So they definitely like award you, which is uh-huh. which sucks because I did learn French. I was like, nah, I don't need this. And then, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I think the culture shock came more to um, there is a lot of Asian and like 
uh, minorities in here, but not as much as Vancouver. So you do see mm. a lot of more um, the settler colonialism people here. Um, definitely, I also learn a lot of the Canadian history about the indigenous people that I never heard of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really, I really shocked me. Very sad, <laughs> to say the least. Um, yeah, coming in, I was coming in a home like I was flying alone because it is quite hard. <laughs> we didn't have much money, so I was like, yeah, no, 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 I'll just fly alone. And I was kind of lonely, especially seeing all like the parents come in. Yeah. Like, here's the here's the yeah. bag of chips I bought for you for the last time, and I'm just like. Okay, <laughs> yeah. but it was an interesting experience. Dude, yeah. that is so real. Like, I remember graduating high school, and like my parents couldn't make it, and like you know everyone else couldn't make it except for my sister, and just like being surrounded by everyone and their families, and I'm just like, <laughs> it was like it was a moment I still need to like talk about in therapy, but. Like, <laughs> It's it's crazy being an international student because there's just so much that goes with it, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember like the first week, like the first couple of days, because my parents came with me and they dropped me off. And when my mom was already back in Brazil, so while I was in Pennsylvania, my dad was here in San Francisco and my mom and sister were back in Brazil. So our whole family was like in different places. I called my mom and I was like, I don't like it here. Like, I don't know anyone. I want to go back home. Like, take me back home. And she was like, no, like, we spent too much money. Like, I cannot <laughs> just, like, let everything go and have your way. Like, mm-hmm. getting that no was so hard. But at the same time, it was like, I needed that tough love, you know? Yeah. Yeah. After we were done talking, she would cry, like, on her end. And I would cry. Yeah. <laughs> She wouldn't show me uh-huh. that she cried, you know? Like, years later, she's like, yeah, I mean, I shed a tear. That's definitely my mom. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine, cries. Yeah, Cry. also, my mom yeah. cries. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, it's tough on our side, but I think it's tough for our parents, too, to, like, yeah. let us go and, like, could you imagine being a parent and just, like, letting your kid at scene just like go to this whole new country with mm-hmm. these all these new rules and new ways of doing things with new parents that you don't know you're like trusting them with your kid like it's it's crazy that we get to do this yeah honestly it takes a lot of faith um, how long did you guys feel homesick for though because i know it's different for everyone but uh, i felt pretty homesick quite early on and I met a bunch of other Indonesian, like people who are doing master's degree and PhDs. And I told them, I'm really homesick and I don't know how to feel about that. And they said, basically, have you been away from home without your parents for more than three months? And I said, no. And they're like, that's your problem. <laughs> so three months was your cutoff point? Three months was, after three months, you start to get used to the feeling of not being home. And like the homesickness starts to fade away. That's what they say. It's that independence from your family. Because I have been um, on trips without my family, but they were always like, you know, shadowing me from shadowing me and my friends. <laughs> Shadow. Yeah, you know, parents. <laughs> Wait, there if you need it. So before your master's, did you like, did you do like, an, you know, did you move abroad before this? 
Um, or is this like the first time? Because I grew up in Indonesia, and then I did my undergrad in the UK. So okay. I was in master for three years, and then I was going to go for a master's in Toronto, but I got rejected. In fact, like, we both got rejected from the same school. <laughs> yeah, we got rejected from the same faculty. And I was on the, on the school. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So the so the faculty that I wanted to apply for, their program started in May. So I took a half year off to go to Taiwan and learn Mandarin. Yeah. Eat a lot. Why not? You know. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> my parents were like, "So you've got to learn Mandarin because." Yeah. Yeah, why not? it's a useful language. Um, Taiwan or China, and I'm just like Taiwan. Please, <laughs> Taiwan. <laughs> they got all the snacks. They got all the food. Snack. Also, um, they have a lot of international people. So mm-hmm. even if you get stuck, they are capable of switching languages and like giving you a bit of like words here and there. Well, mm-hmm. I've been to China before. They don't, to my knowledge, not a lot of them speak English. So. The anxiety of I have this anxiety of being stuck in line, and they say something, and I don't know how to respond, and he doesn't know how to respond, and we're just there like staring at each other, like yeah, we're stuck. Yeah, <laughs> I've never been to a country where I don't speak the language, which is. I guess when I was younger, I have in Germany. Um, my mom couldn't speak German actually, but it's just because my dad went to masters, so it's just me and my mom most of the time. Um, <laughs> my mom would go to the store, and she would literally just point at stuff and be like. So like yeah. quiet, quiet handling, and my dad's like, you can't do that here. <laughs> but like most of the time, it was just me and my mom. My mom was just figuring it out, so I kind of saw my mom doing it. So um, it the, well, Canada, I can speak English, but sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I'm like stuck. So I speak three languages. So sometimes I'm my brain is kind of just like I know the I don't know the language and I know the word, but it just doesn't come out. So yeah. You get a reboot, <laughs> and like reboot. I think being someone who learned English later, it's kind of hard to understand sometimes. Like I understand everything, but sometimes just hard to grasp it as fast as they can. Yeah, yeah, so it's it is. just a different culture, and sometimes it disheartens me because like, okay, I, I I acknowledge that I need more help, but sometimes these people don't understand that. Like this is my first draft. Why are you yeah. angry at me? Or making the mistakes, I like. I wouldn't book an appointment with you if you, if I'm, if I think I'm good enough. But I think mm. that understanding of like we're trying to, it's like when you land somewhere, you your responsibility is to listen and like understand what's happening. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand how hard that is, even though it's mm. like, oh yeah, but like changing a bit of your manners and with different people and how you write. Like how I write in in Canada is not how I write when I was in like Germany when we learned mm-hmm. English differently,、mm-hmm. and、um, I think that's something that people forget that we struggle with.、Mm-hmm. At least I do because I suck. <laughs>、um, we all struggle with something. <laughs> yeah, we're all trying to figure it out. <laughs> we're all trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's so real. Cause I feel like, cause you you guys know code switching, right? Where you、yeah. like change your mannerisms to like certain people. Yeah. So、um, I think that's like 
an aspect of that too, right, Mars? Like when when you're talking about something more formal, like writing a paper, like culture takes into a, it, 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 you know, culture is a part of everything. So when we do talk to other people or like a certain group of people or like someone from like a different area, it it's interesting to see how like as international students, we've kind of gotten used to like how people treat us that we just like automatically just like tweak ourselves mm-hmm. as we, you know, conversate with people. Yeah, yeah. I definitely do that a lot. Like I mold myself to the people around me and like, how can I be yeah. like them and not stick out like a sore thumb or like, yeah. you know? I should talk to my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> But also, I feel like it's because we both moved to the States at 16. Yes. Such a malleable age. Mm -hmm. A lot of people come in here when they're already in their 20s or like their late teens. But because we came in at such a young age and because that we're we were like exposed to all that like pretty early on. Yeah. I think we definitely had to like cope with all of that in some way. Definitely. That's that's true. That's true. Yeah, there's an aspect of growing up faster even when you because you've been with your parents most of your life and now you have to understand all the immigration stuff oh no. i remember my my passport was expiring so i needed to make a new visa and then i was just literally i came to the immigration center all like every day we like did i put my name correctly is this right yeah <laughs> this is how you write is this how you sign stuff and no. <laughs> And then she understood, like, that this is an international student, she, she's young and she just learns stuff. Mm-hmm. I just imagine um, when you don't have the support system, some schools, some schools' international support system are not that strong, or it's just such a big school that you don't have that luxury, or even mm-hmm. a friend that kind of guides you through. Yeah. And um, as an international student, sadly, you have to understand... Um, your just like your status and what's going on by yourself yeah by yourself alone all the law stuff <gasps> oh my god all the law so scary so much so much so I feel like much <laughs> i could definitely be a lawyer now oh. <laughs> i'm kidding uh, <laughs> no thank you but it's a lot it's it's a lot to take on at yeah. such a young age and yeah. you know even in general, I don't think people had to do that until they turned 18, at least, you know, mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess in, in some ways, it's like both something, like both a good thing and both a bad thing. Because like we grew up like faster and we we could acclimate to things easier. Mm-hmm. So it's like, ouch. Give and take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you kind of want to grow up, but like you have all these other stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like, I want to grow up, but I got to do my taxes, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. All right, all right. <laughs> and all my friends who live with their moms are like, what? Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I remember oh. my friend was like, why can't you Why can't you clean? Or like, why can't you do this like I do? And I'm like, I can't. Like, I live alone. I can't. <laughs> I can't I live just, alone. <laughs> I don't. I don't have the money. <laughs> yeah. Yes. A lot mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Dude, that first bank trip. Oh, I felt like a woman. I was whipping out my card like I can buy everything. And then like the first time it didn't pass, I was like, oh my god, I used all the money. <laughs> I was like, wait, I don't Hold see up. the money coming Hold out. I just this- like just sliding, swiping the card. I was like, whoa. <laughs> it's like 
the money oh. is going to end at one point. And I was like, yeah, okay, let's be careful. Oh, yeah. Let's like reel it back. Maybe I didn't need that five foot tall statue of a cow. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> but do you find that like when you come back home, and you're financially dependent on your parents instead of your own debit cards like that's like, you forget what it's like yes currently yeah. I'm with my parents so it's really nice that i get to like not have to worry about bills and yeah. like rent and like stuff like that but when i was living by myself i was like okay how much do i have this month to get like clothes or to buy like extra food like like I had to like think about it, and I'm here. I'm like, ah, you know, my parents will get it for me, you know, <laughs> you know, throw it all up in the air. But I should be more responsible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So mid, like when I took my gap year, which was the last time I met Mars in person, you guys, crazy. Wow. I just found out that's two years, three years ago. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a hot minute ago. But, you know, way back then, I went from, like, L.A., okay, I was, like, living it up, like, me and my friends, head over to San Diego at, like, 12 a.m., like, with a bunch of strangers. Period. Going to Tahoe, snowboarding with a bunch of strangers, me getting free tickets with a bunch of strangers, like, all (laughs) these things, getting questioned by the cops with a bunch of strangers. (laughs) Everything, everything. I was, like, living it Or in their podcast. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Hit us up, questionable decisions, episode. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) But like all these things, right? And I had to go home. I had to take a gap year. When I went home, they're like, why are you wearing shorts? I'm like, I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> What's wrong with shorts? And just like the culture shifts and like not having a debit card and not having that much freedom to just like screw this and go get a tooth, you know, like I had to make decisions keeping in mind that there are other people that I'm taking resources from. And there are other people that I need to like be more like just like more thoughtful about, you know, especially now with Corona and like, you know, my I live with my great uncle. So like I have been quarantining it out. I am the quarant queen. Yes. Out here. But it's just like all these things of like thinking about others and making sure that like everyone else is like ready to go and good to go as well as changing of mindset for sure I guess what was it like for you guys like as an international student in your classes like would teachers like ask you like how is it back home or like how do you do this here like what was it like for you guys in class like class situation definitely a lot of are you Viet are you Thai are you all the other Asians but Indonesian? I'm like, oh my god! They never know. They never know what Indonesians are like. I know. guess that's because also like Southeast Asian just aren't represented that much. There's more Asians, but actually the one you see is East Asians. There are a lot right now, and South Asians. Whereas the Southeast, um, so I guess there's a more. I think where we all, well, where me, Jov, and um, Inga comes from, there's a lot of misconceptions of how we look. Um, so a lot of yeah, where, where is your country? <laughs> and especially for Indonesia, do you live in Bali? Is Bali in Indonesia? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, my friend once lied to her friend that Jakarta is a jungle and they ride an elephant to school. Bro, I <laughs> wish that, that was it. I wish that was it, bro. Can you imagine that? Cool I think be? that she didn't tell him until like the end of the school year and she's like, by the way, Jakarta is a metropolitan. 
<laughs> Bro, I did that in Pennsylvania. People were like, oh my gosh, like you came from Brazil? Like, how was it? And I was like, I would swing on vines naked and barefoot. <laughs> and I would just jump on trees like Tarzan and scream out of my lungs and just like go to school like that, like a little like cloth covering my boobs. Like I would like tell them all like crazy stories and everyone would believe me. I'm like, you don't know that there's like cities and the whole country of Brazil, like it's yeah, it's not only jungle, you guys. Like in Brazil movies, is a big place. Like people only <laughs> yeah. show the jungles, the Amazon, the jungle, the Amazon, whatever. And then me, a lot of like, out. do you get this? Do you get that? And I'm like, yeah, we have a TV, but exactly yeah. that too. Like people are just like asking, like, oh, you saw this when you were a kid? I'm like, ah, I had cable. Surprise. How has COVID changed the way we do classes now? <laughs> Oops, I killed the mood. Oh. Why? Oh. It's okay. It's okay. Hard to Let's me and Mar start first because, like, let yes. you guys think about your answers because you guys got the complex one. Future Mars, please edit this out. <laughs> um, definitely for me, it was kind of rough because we were ending our first year of masters almost like we had like one month left <laughs> and then it's kind of funny but kind of sad um we were in our first class on monday and and the professor's like i'm surprised we're still here and then we were like why <laughs> and oh. he's like um because you know corona and uh i don't know why there isn't an emergency state right now because the way it's infecting people especially in toronto so I think February, the border was still open between, and Toronto is really near New York. So, um, so our, our, um, our infection was really, really, really high. Uh, we were, <laughs> Ontario was one of the highest in Canada. <laughs> but, um, so I was like, oh, <laughs> and then the class went quiet. <laughs> And then he's like, oh, you know, I bet you you'll get an email on Friday that we have to go online and quarantine ourselves. And you're like, you're serious? Oh, you're serious? So we're like, because we all see like universities not treating it well in Canada, especially. There's, there's this instance where in another university, they actually called the cops on someone who had corona. And then we were like, what is happening? And the the more we go in the week, Friday morning we got the email that says um, we sh- you should stay home. Um, the university is closing. Um, if you're uh, so we were a professional program, so it's easier to close us if we're only thirty people. Fine, but there's also research students and all that that were told that you have like one week to clean everything and do everything remote. So wow, that's a lot of lab stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and we were so we were we had a few that are that had to like kind of close down their research or I feel really bad for people who are outside of the country were doing their collection research. They had mm. to close down and they had to fly back. I remember one one student was actually stuck in the country, so the whole university had to kind of figure out like how to get her back. So it was a lot of that, but in our program, it was just kind of close, and we went online which was crazy because the last week of like the last month of our classes were presentations. <laughs> so mm, all the presentation went online. I remember I was doing a presentation and my internet 
crashed because it was just <laughs> it's not just me home right because all my my roommates work so they also had to go and work at home um they their quarantine happened a week after the university because i think university just has a lot of more kids and i think when our classes weren't online it was kind of hard even though we were just 30 people i can't imagine I know one of my profs taught like 300 people. I just can't imagine how she's dealing with that. Because I remember she, so she also taught our class and she's like, yeah, we're, we're trying to figure out because we don't want to penalize people who can't come because the internet is not always reliable and it would be evil to kind of not. I remember I was even teeing stuff and my I was like asking the prof, should we give them penalties for submitting late because this is such a weird time to be evil, <laughs> evil. Yeah. to just yeah. kind of work I remember I was worried about my parents too because this is what it felt like living in another country mm. don't know how your family is and I think the first my somebody somebody like I knew or like or close to my family got hit by corona and it got literally mm. really weird we had a and then we had a town hall I remember and everyone was kind of just tired because we were also really tight-knit as a group we were only 30 people and everyone's nice and this is the first cohort that's really diverse a lot of females so we did depend on each other really well but we can do that because we're all quarantined and mm. it's hard to work with each other with with internet that doesn't isn't reliable <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think that was a really hard transition um, it was definitely harder for undergrads because my friends especially that are graduating kind of just yeah. lost their whole month I remember my my friend was doing a cool class with VR and and he told me that I'd ask him so what did you do like the VR you need to like you have the goggles yeah, 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 he's yeah. like yeah my prof just kind of let us submit stuff just because you know because <laughs> you're done and a lot of my prof did that too like um, if you can't submit stuff it's fine you have enough stuff that you submitted for the year mm. and a lot of that changes kind of just happened Yeah, for a bit different because the UK, um, everyone admits this, the UK was very slow in responding to the coronavirus. So the government was slow, but the universities knew beforehand. So this is really weird, but okay. So I went to London and at that time, London hasn't really like spiked in cases yet. My sister lives in London, right? So I visited her. I came back. Um, got some professor insight on it, you know, like, what do you think about the situation? The thing is, right, being surrounded by biologists, <laughs> whole life accumulates to this kind of situation. So they say, so like, I know this sounds like really offensive to some people, but they were saying like, this is a really exciting time for scientists. No, yeah, for sure. Definitely. That's real. Yeah. This is a time for us to like test everything that we've been doing since the last pandemic, which is... Yeah. Well, there's always a pandemic happening we're just not aware of it so how fast can we develop a vaccine how fast can we go through research how fast can we scan the genomes and stuff like that my university closed down before the government announced the lockdown because they but they didn't kick any of the students off campus like i heard america did they actually had the you, harvard 
yeah, they they actually had the opposite response, which is that we are going to stay open because we know there's a lot of international students here. So we cannot like, and also they paid us, so we cannot legally and obligate like based on our obligations as a university, we cannot close down and kick all these students out. So they stayed open. They worked on what they call a skeleton crew, which means only essential people go to work. The rest of them work from home remotely. I feel bad, um, same like what Mar said with research students, because I know, um, so my school is divided into three campuses. The one I go to is on a farm. And so, Fun. yeah, it is. You get like farmer's markets and fresh produce. It's amazing. Oh, nice. But <laughs> there's chickens as well. But <laughs> like, the point is, yes. like, they had to, a lot of the students who were studying agriculture and stuff mm -hmm. like that, they spent the Christmas break growing their dissertation material. Mm -hmm. And the university told them, um, whatever you don't have, you just have to shut everything down. You have to give up everything. Like no labs allowed, even though labs are technically safer than us being back home in like the dorms and stuff. No labs, um, all research projects are shut down, even PhD students, everyone goes home, classes transferred online. And yeah, I just miss being in the lab. Oh my gosh, now you're getting me started with labs, bro. <laughs> I miss my lab. So, okay, it's different because I'm a design student and I, by lab, I mean prototyping lab. <laughs> we miss it. Um, but, uh, so I go to UC Davis, which is like, you know, a big agriculture school. Like we, we, we're big for ag stuff, vet stuff, oh, big research school. So when, when the Corona thing started hitting hard, you guys there was a cruise okay this is how it went down with like norcal there was a cruise that came in izzy feel free to chime in too but there was like a cruise that came in and like they just went through all the places and somebody there got corona and so it infected like a lot of the people on the cruise and when they you know got to dock everyone went home to their respective places and that's how like yeah. stuff got real so you know, when things started hitting with Davis specifically, it it, it was very timely because it was coming into the end of the quarter for winter quarter. So we were like all just like in the lab making things. I was building a chair that we like spent all quarter just like, not just kidding, the last five weeks of the quarter, just like designing and laser cutting and putting it all together, like our first chair. And it's like, by the end of it, we didn't even get to see everybody else's chairs. And we just like took a picture, turn it in, boom, boom, boom. And that was it. And that was when everything shifted. So we all went from like in person all the way back to online. Um, and within those like two weeks that we had off between the quarter or like a week or so between the quarter, there's this new class that came out for design students called Design for Quarantine. I was a part of it. It was so much fun. We like made games for Zoom and like we, we all we did was make games and like tested games and make, played games for people to play via Zoom and like all these things. But it was just such a big shift of like, cause I used to commute and you know, going to Davis, going back here and like all of that to now just being able to like wake up five minutes before class and just like beep, beep, beep. It was definitely a positive experience for me because I realized how much time I would spend in the traveling part between yeah. Davis. And now I get to take on a lot more things that I'm passionate about and like actually have more of like 
the regular, you know, school experience that a lot of people who live in Davis do have. So it's not life wasn't that hard after like in quarantine. I'm like, yes, yes. But I do miss school and I miss the lab and I miss laser cutting and 3D printing and like all those things. I was definitely the opposite of Joe. I was so sad. <laughs> like, I thrive with being social and just talking with people. And I remember, so I took all of my studio classes. So my major is graphic design and animation. And I do it at, a, at my community college. So it's a lot smaller than Joe's school because hers like a big university. Um, but I took all my studio classes last year. and. I don't know, like something was just telling me like take all your studio classes this semester, like take no like he knows. You know, lecture classes, no, just take all your studio classes. So I took all of my studio classes and this semester I was like, okay, let's let's do the um let's do the the lecture classes. But one of my classes was graphic design like in the lab, in the computer lab. Mm -hmm. And I remember so my school isn't quarterly system like Joe's is, it's semester. So you have the fall semester, the spring semester, and the summer So the spring semester was halfway in, and the whole corona thing started talking, and like my teacher was like, you know, like it's like this whole like speculation thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember we would have to like clean our computers like before and after, and like my my teacher like made us handkerchiefs so we could like we could open the door without like, using our hands. Oh. It was like the cutest thing. And I remember it was like this whole like, is it going to affect us? Is it not? Like, should we be scared? You know, like this whole like, what if? And then I remember this petition went out to close the school for two weeks and yeah. sign the petition to be like, oh my gosh, like, go here. They can't make us go. Like, I don't want to get sick, yada, yada, yada. And I, in my class, there was a couple, in one of my lecture classes, art history, there was a lot of older people in it. And I remember like, they stopped going and I was like, why? Well, like, Makes making no sense. Like, if I'm here, they could be here. Like, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. But then it was like that whole like stop right now. Just yeah. like it was like maybe maybe and then like boom 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 like red alert like shut it down like nobody nothing and it was like it was so like drastic. It was like oh, I'm never gonna happen. And then like boom it happened and we're like oh my god. So I remember there was this, like one or two weeks where I had nothing to do because all the teachers yeah. had to like forcefully transfer over to online classes and one of my teacher he's like so old and he hates canvas and he hates computers and he hates putting grids online like he never put anything online like everything had to be in person like we could never do like online meetings and he hated the transition of go from in person to online so it was that whole like getting used to it like the first two weeks and then finishing the semester felt easier but it's like I wanted to put the work in and like learn and I feel like we were deprived of that not only us like college level master level students like I babysit a lot and a lot of these like second graders kindergartens like they they don't know how to read because their mom don't their moms and dads still have to go to work or still have to do something they don't have time to be their teachers and like there's like this 45 minute Zoom call and like that's class when they were used to like eight in the morning till three in the afternoon. So I feel like it's something that's going to affect further generations. Like they won't, it just affects 
everyone in, in education in general. Like I feel like these last couple of months, we were just deprived of learning and of exceeding in that because it's not the same online. And for little kids to like focus on a computer and to like do little crafts without having a teacher like teaching them and it's crazy. I don't know how homeschool people do it because it's hard. It's hard being a teacher and a parent at the same time and having your like respect you in that regard. But for me, like school and social aspects, like I wanted to break the six feet apart rule so many times and it's just it's just hard bro because a lot of people live by themselves and I'm like I don't know how to do that I don't know I don't I really don't know like a FaceTime call can only be so much you know so yeah yeah it's it's impacted me like not in the best way (laughs) I definitely called more people I mean I called you so 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 many times but I I called people who live alone and Mm -hmm. but yeah my prof I had an older prof too and we were basically teaching each other like yeah yeah it's fine uh-huh. don't worry we're, we're still here we can get over the yeah class, it's, it's really fine and then I have profs who have kids I remember we were talking about our paper because I asked for a one-on-one and I remember a kid covering me like ah! oh, <laughs> no. my oh, oh my gosh oh my gosh no just give me like Two minutes. Oh, it's tough, bro. Yeah, I was like, oh, must be hard. Like, I mean, you're a prof and you need to rest, and you you don't even know what's going on in the fall semester if it's online, and and because our school says you have to do both just in case. So that's planning for two stuff. And I was like, how is school for your kids? And she's like, yeah, I know Zoom call, and sometimes it works, sometimes. it goes too fast yeah it, it yeah <laughs> and my kids crazy. are just tired and i'm tired and i'm like oh no and like sometimes my internet <laughs> goes bad too and then i go <laughs> i go off the internet again and i'm like i'm back <laughs> yeah it's a whole so thing like taking our time but i need this time and like yeah. i don't have to like learn um like well i don't have like a big disability but i just can't imagine people Who are disabled and trying to learn from Zoom? It's already hard for me, and I'm kind of considered to be normal and can function, whatever. But it's definitely tough to learn online for me because I need more help. Mm-hmm. My friends were there to check my grammar. My friends were there to be like, "This is not the way to do it." And I think for masters, especially, that's what you want, right? That you are in a smaller type of classes or classes are just smaller it's small because you need that other perspective but mm-hmm. we can really do that I mean now we have a chat whatsapp chat but it's just not the same you know like yeah and also like people who are doing classes with their parents if especially Asian parents they don't really get it nope. <laughs> they're just like honey do you want chicken <laughs> Oh, I definitely have some some of my friends who are like my my mom doesn't get the online classes, so I have to, all the time, or else you just hear everything. So there's and I and there's a lot of people who also don't have workspaces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I definitely was one of them. I have a smaller room, and my workspace is actually in the university. But when that was taken away from me, and 
you know, like waking up, you don't know if this is like, should I work? Should I sleep? Is this mm-hmm. rest? Is this not rest? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think a whole aspect that gets discounted is um, <laughs> our status. I remember checking, checking with the immigration, be like, is this okay? Like, yeah. we're not supposed to take all classes online and I think that mental fear is kind of crazy because for masters, especially my masters, there's only two international students. So I can only lean onto one kid, one yeah. other kid, and that other kid also panicking. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm like, oh my god, is this going online? What are we gonna do? Is this even legal? <laughs> like, check the website, check the website. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. My university was very like forthcoming with us that international students would be fine, but they had to attend every single online lecture. That was how they kept attending. But I already can't imagine what it's like not being in science because like when you study biology to a certain extent, you can predict based on what happened in the past, what will happen now. So a lot of the teachers were like, the university has consulted a lot of their science professors because the science professors also work in the field. A lot of the cutting edge research, like for example, the vaccines right now, one of the biggest research centers is Imperial College London. Mm-hmm. A lot of the professors, they're just like, yeah, I did my own like modeling and apparently this is going to get bad this time. So you know what? Yeah. They give their students heads up. They talk to their students. And for us, yeah. it's like, we've studied this before. We can see what's coming and we trust our training to get us through this because we understand what's happening. But then when you guys talk about like what it's like from your end, it does sound like it does sound really scary because one from one moment people are debating whether it's a it's a hoax yeah yeah yeah, yeah which which apparently still happens nowadays still yeah, happens. why why <laughs> why so you've got people who are like one day debating about whether or not it's a hoax and then the next day the whole school is shut down which exactly. is exactly like, exactly yeah that also goes to shows how like less help as international we get i know in canada there is a lot of international student advocating for ourselves Mm. I mean I know that as an international student or just people who fly to another country we need to learn how to navigate everything and how to just live but then we forget that we also need help and like yeah it's kind of sad that now is the time that you're like oh yeah maybe they do need some scholarship i'm like bro really nice (laughs) please (laughs) help a girl out uh this conversation Uh, has been so good like it's so good it's helped me like open up my perspective of like out of the united states and see how it's going on in canada and the uk how like different countries are like i feel like it's really good for people that are listening to us too and like Mm-hmm. They're yeah. on it. Cool. Canada has a lot of cracks, and I think it's kind of sad that it took a pandemic to open it up. But as an international student, I kind of figured out early, like, oh no, 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 no. Um, I think opening these cracks really helped me to see that. Oh, no country is perfect. No country is perfect. Nobody's perfect. Like, I used to bash on Indi- I don't bash Indonesia, but like, you know, there's this mindset that's like. You go to a night country and you live the, the American dream, the Canadian dream, the UK dream, and then you're in Canada and you're like, yeah, What's this the is dream? the same cracks though. Like <laughs> Canada's like, sorry. <laughs> this is the same cracks, but like 
everything's hidden and when i i mean people are really nice here and they do value us more but i think um seeing that cracks especially in covid and especially for the whole international student society it really helped us to not only move forward but like come forward like we wouldn't come forward in a normal day we're the ones who's supposed to like just go with the flow and like mm-hmm. graduate and figure out but yeah. then you have to work harder as like a person of color and we have i can't imagine people who are like you know there's just other factors that are like doing this and the fact that we need to stand up for ourselves and not be that is hard for us too because like we're 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 just also trying to learn what's happening and try not to get deported <laughs> like please no i don't know like it's just really hard to advocate for ourselves when we were told our whole lives not just as an like an asian but i feel like as an international student we're told our whole lives to just work harder yeah get a job get Shut that, up and work get that citizenship yeah. or like figure out something and then your family's happy but it's not that linear In, yeah yeah people are under, people underestimated most of the times and i was watching hamilton with my parents and there was one part where lafayette and hamilton are talking and they're like immigrants we get the job <laughs> done and i'm like literally like please hear us we work hard and we deserve like some respect so yeah it's i think it's a yeah. good time to be alive and to stand your ground we were we were you know like we're here for a reason you know and and to use that like power and place that we're in do good like everything that's been coming up like it's been very validating mm-hmm. for you know minorities and like everyone of it's like your struggle like we see it mm-hmm. and it is a problem and like we are Finally. for you you know yeah and it, it's so amazing that like with everything that's been brought up like people are forced to like you got to see this <laughs> like yes, yes. you can't run away sis you can't just go out <laughs> and party it up tonight honey no you got to scroll through that instagram yeah okay, yeah stories and so you know it's been a great time to be alive as as you were saying it mm-hmm. if anything once everything is over i'm really excited to see what like tangible things mm-hmm. we get to come up with and like how society will change and how people will be kinder i just really hope we keep this momentum that we keep yes. advocating for international students but also immigrants black lives like my school, right now our our cohort has been sending messages to the higher up saying yo we need anti-racism learning because planning itself like canada is built also same as america indigenous and black people are severely not talked to in planning so we were like hey man what's up like yeah, yeah. Like, you should put it in the curriculum bro and then yeah. like i think a lot of people there are do that was of course my black friends and i really admire them and we were of course supporting them and like taking that burden with them because i feel like that solidarity it was never seen especially among asians and blacks i guess because we were i think in america especially asians and blacks are very 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 like put pit at each other so seeing that 
that we were that we were like yeah yeah let's do this let's send this email and it has made the difference like right now i think my friends are reviewing the planning curriculum which is great i was like that's wow. so good that's but so like good. it takes it takes a while not a lot of schools understand that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i i see a lot of answers that are like oh okay or like yeah. covid eh, just go online <laughs> like yeah um it's really nice to see that finally we talk about this yeah we're yeah. taking a step in the right direction for sure for sure with that note i think we're gonna end on that thank you so much girls for coming on yes please yes, for having us yeah. so much fun so much fun please listen to their podcast midlight talks in spotify they're really funny i love them make my day Aww. <laughs> yeah, we love yes. you guys we thank love you, you for guys. switching to our podcast and we are well, guys, we'll have to have you guys on sometime. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Guys. Bye. Bye. Hello. Hi. Thank you for listening to the Peak Boredom Podcast. This is Mars and Inga signing off. And don't forget to tune in next week. Please. Bye.